uh, the, the idea of homecoming brings to mind uh, memories and, and thinking back over the past. And I, I've just been savoring the memories since we, since we started the, the drive down here from Indianapolis uh, and as we've driven around town and as we've had a chance to see a few people, uh, all kinds of memories. Uh, Sunday evenings at Snappy's around a big table. Uh, I feel like CW and Laquita were often regulars at Snappy's on Sunday nights and invited us to join and Margaret was often there. I think about uh, meals with big groups at, first it was San Antonio Grill, now it's Casa Grande. We made our way back there yesterday just to get a little bit of that salsa. Mindy's, Mindy's been wanting it for 10 years ever since we left, so we had time to do that. Uh, I think about the, the well, we, we drove through Nashville on the way here, and uh, we drove right by Vanderbilt Medical Center. I have vivid memories uh, of, of the days spent driving 412 and 65 up to see different people in the hospital and to take people to appointments and treasure the memories of conversations along the way. I remember uh, some of the times sitting in this space with different ones of you. I, I think of uh, Wanda and Irene were, were standard nursery folks who regularly would watch Carson. And I'm making Mindy cry. I'm sorry, Mindy. Uh, and the love that they showed um, every week when they would keep him in there and, and make sure he was doing okay in those earliest days. Uh, I think about... I think about Daryl. I don't think Daryl was able to make it to be here today. But the many ways that he uh, blessed us and our family, I, I was recounting yesterday with him uh, the, the day when our water heater died, and I had no idea what to do, uh, and, and, and called Daryl, and Daryl did everything. Um, I stood around and, and tried to encourage him. Um, <laughs> I, I think back to uh, the moments that we shared together in worship, and I think back to the moments we shared together around tables playing games, and I think back, well, I think some of my most vivid memories were sitting in the office here, and in particular, I, I remember this, this, this older man who liked to wear a hoodie even when it was 100 degrees, and he would show up, and he'd come drop by. You might remember Lloyd. And Lloyd would just drop in, just to check and see how I was doing. A new preacher, first full-time job. And he didn't have any agenda, he didn't have any goal, he wasn't trying to get anything done. He just came by to check and see how I was doing. I think about those memories often. And I think about, well, I remember sitting right down here just a few rows back I'd be teaching Sunday school and Grace Pace loved to laugh about how she told her neighbors that she had a drinking preacher because I always had a bottle of water and I've told that story so many times in the 10 years since we moved away I think about I think about Dempsey Goodman and the rocks that, that he gave Carson to start a rock collection now these may seem like scattered memories, memories that, uh, you know, why are you, why are you getting up for a sermon and sharing these memories? Well, one of my favorite psalms is Psalm 136. If you read Psalm 136, it starts out with this call to give thanks to the Lord, for the Lord is good. But then what happens is you have this repeated refrain, God's faithful love lasts forever. 
And, and in between repetitions of the refrain, the psalmist tells about ways that God has blessed him. Ways that God has blessed him. And some of them seem like they're spiritually significant, but a lot of them are just normal, ordinary life circumstances. And when I think about the ways that God has blessed me, the way that God has blessed our family, we got a lot of memories that were made by many of you. Memories that, that shaped and formed us. Ways in which you were God's love in the flesh. And what a blessing. What a blessing it was to have you pour yourselves into us to show us God's love in such meaningful and profound ways. And not just to us, to each other. The ways that you've loved and cared for each other through all sorts of ups and downs of life. You've celebrated together and you've grieved together. You know, I think as I, as I have been having conversations with people the last few days, you know, ten years being gone and and sometimes you, you don't realize what all has happened as you've been away. And you find out that well, some of the people you remember shaking hands with in the foyer every week, they're, they're not going to be there. Some of the folks that, that poured love into us, you know, they're not going to be able to join us. At least not in a way that we can see them and shake their hands and hug them. And yet... They're here with us, aren't they? Amen. They're here with us in our memories. And we believe part of what we do when we gather around the table is we, we commune not just with one another and not just with you know, the people in Indianapolis who are meeting right now at the same time. We aren't just meeting with the people you know, that we support in mission works around the world. We're meeting with brothers and sisters in the faith throughout history who we share a common bond with in Jesus. And so I think this morning, you know, I can't give Edwina a hug, but she's with us. You know, Bill Skelton and Lucy. I think about, boy, I'd do anything to give Lloyd a hug. Think about Jerry Carroll, the, the chauffeur of the Hohenwald Church of Christ when we were here. And I wish I wish we could we could be together and break bread together in a little while over a meal. And yet we're we're together. We're together. And even as I think about the, the folks that aren't with us, I think about all, all of the new life that is here since we've been gone. I I was just laughing. I was trying to listen to Rick a little bit, but there was so much noise from little babies earlier and little kids, and that's not a bad, that's a great thing. The life, the new life, is such a blessing. God is faithful through the ups and the downs, through the twists and the turns, through the grief and the celebration, and so it's a joy to see the new life that is here since we've been gone. And I know that many of you are, are, are in the exact same boat that you know, we've been in for the last few years, the, the same boat that most of the world has been in for the last few years. It's been a hard couple years. It's been a hard couple years. It's been a hard couple years for church because we can't exactly be together exactly like we'd like to be. 
I know that, you know, Stephanie Fielder is here today. It's the first time in a couple of years, right, Stephanie? And, and what a joy to see Stephanie here with us, isn't it? You know, but everything's been sort of thrown for a loop. Life hasn't been what we always kind of expect it to be. And as much as we can have the, the memories like the ones I've recounted, and if we were to take time for all of us to share memories, we wouldn't go home tonight, right? We'd, we'd be sharing the memories of God's faithfulness all day, but as much as we remember those things from the past, it's not necessarily easy for us to remember and deeply trust in God's faithfulness in the present when we're going through really hard times. Um, my guess is, if we were able to admit it, there have been times the last few years that most of us have sort of struggled. God, what's going on? God, where are you? God, why won't you step up? And, and, and yet, in the midst of that, we draw on the stories of those Moments of faithfulness, of the people who have been the vessels of God's faithfulness, the, the sharers of God's love. But we, we also hold on to the story that brought us together around the table this morning. The story of what God has done in Jesus. Because whatever else may be true about our experience of life in the world and, and the ups and downs that we go through, there is an enduring truth that Paul and the other writers of the New Testament regularly call us back to. And, and one of the places that, that Paul does this that I like the most is in Colossians chapter 1. I just want to invite you to listen with me to these words. The Son, Jesus is the image of the invisible God, the one who is first over all creation. Because all things were created by Him, both in the heavens and on the earth, the things that are visible and the things that are invisible, whether they are thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things were created through Him and for Him. He, the Son, Jesus, existed before all things, and all things are held together in Him. He is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning. He's the one who is firstborn from among the dead, so that He might occupy the first place in everything. Because all the fullness of God was pleased to live in Him, and He reconciled all things to Himself through Him, whether things on earth or in the heavens. He brought peace through the blood of his cross. The reason that we are together and the reason that even when we're going through the most challenging of times, we can hold on to hope, we can keep putting one foot in front of the other, is because whatever else may be true in this world, the thing that is the most true is that Jesus reigns on high. Jesus is supreme. And more than any of the circumstances that can derail us, more than any of the trials that we go through that might threaten to define us, the only thing that ought to define us is that Jesus has claimed us. And Jesus has revealed to us the deep, deep love of God. You are loved. You are loved. 
And I know that in the best moments you know that, but, but all of us, I think, have moments where, we, where we, we start to forget that. and Maybe we start to doubt that a little bit. But if there's, if there's anything that you hear this morning, I hope you'll hear that you are loved deeply, fully, no doubt about it, loved. And, and, and what that means, what that means is that, well, it's, it's not just that you're loved for your own sake. God has shown love to you because what God wants more than anything is for you to show that love to others. And, I, you know, I kind of feel like Paul when he writes the Thessalonians. I don't need to tell you about loving others. I'm evidence of your love for others. Mindy is evidence of your love for others. Carson is evidence of your love for others. And even Charlie, even though he didn't live here, he's evidence of your love for others. And yet, I feel like if there's anything I can say to you today on this day where we celebrate God's faithfulness in the past and and, and we acknowledge that whatever else may be going on in, in our lives or in our world or in the church, Jesus reigns supreme now. The, the, the message that I feel like all of us need to be left with is, is one that invites us not just to receive the love, but to share the love. And so I, I think about the words of Paul to the Corinthian church over in 2 Corinthians. In 2 Corinthians 5, Paul says this, The love of Christ, the love that you've received, the love that I've received, the love that is deeper than we can possibly imagine and wider than we can possibly comprehend, that love compels us. Because we've concluded this, one died for the sake of all, therefore all died. He died for the sake of all, so that those who are alive should live not for themselves, but for the one who died for them and was raised. So then, from this point on, we won't recognize people by human standards. Even though we used to know Christ by human standards, that isn't how we know Him now. So then, if anyone is in Christ, that person is part of the new creation. The old things have gone away, and look, new things have arrived. All of these new things are from God, who reconciled us to Himself through Christ, and who gave us the ministry of reconciliation. In other words, God was reconciling the world to Himself through Christ, by not counting people's sins against them. And He has trusted us, you, me, all of us, with this message of reconciliation. He's trusted us with this message of reconciliation. Now, this text is one of my favorite texts, and yet it's one that is a little tricky because it's full of churchy jargon. Reconciliation isn't a word that we use outside of maybe we reconcile our checkbooks if we still write checks. But this 
word reconciliation is a word that Paul comes back to over and over and over again because he believes that, that it captures what Jesus is doing in the world, in the church. Jesus is bringing together God with the creation God so loves but has, has chosen to turn away from God. And Jesus is seeking us even in our efforts to run away from God and saying, God, God wants you back. God wants you back. And so Jesus brings us back together. He, he breaks down those barriers. He restores those broken relationships. He reconciles us. And, and, and even if we kind of get our minds around the concept of reconciliation, it can sometimes be hard for us to imagine, well, okay, Paul, what, what in the world does it then mean that, that we are to become people whose message is reconciliation, that we are to become agents of reconciliation? It sounds, sounds great that Jesus does that, but what about us? What about us? You know, I think, I think it starts with something really, really simple. Because if we pay attention to the words of, of Paul, we, we, we sometimes get, get moved on to this idea that we're trusted with the message of reconciliation. But when he talks about what God was doing in Jesus, what reconciliation really looks like, it's quite simple. Not easy, but simple. What does it mean for God to be reconciling us to himself? Not counting people's sins against them. Not counting people's sins against them. And so I guess, you know, if I could, could give you one message of encouragement, one, one challenge of how to live your life, that would be it. Not counting people's sins against them. That's kind of what Greg was praying in his prayer earlier. Help us not to be judgmental. Help us seek to understand. Help us be able to, to love the people around us. What, what difference would it make if the church became known as the people who, like God, don't count people's sins against them? Again, that, that can kind of sound like, okay, Keith, but, you know, what in the world does that look like in day-in, day-out life? Well, the best example I've come across in a long time happened in Mindy's fourth grade classroom last year. She had a, a student, we'll call him Tom, and, and Tom, Tom just had a hard life. He has a hard life. And that hard life meant that when he came to school, he made everybody else's lives harder. He wasn't kind. He wasn't respectful. He, he just made everybody's lives harder. And a lot of the kids, you know, they, they tried. They tried to be kind. They tried to show love. But at some point, the, the patience just, it just wore out. I mean, a couple months into school, most of the folks had, had kind of thrown their hands up. There just doesn't seem like there's much we can do. But I'll never forget the day Mindy came home and, and she said we were, we were doing this group project today and I asked the kids to pair up. 
And I never quite know how that's going to go, especially with Tom. But she said that the coolest thing happened today. And then she started to talk to me about Javen, who is a preacher's kid, nine years old. I was a preacher's kid too. And I can tell you how I treated the Toms at my class. It wasn't very good. I counted their sins against them. I'd like to say I've learned a little bit since then and wouldn't do the same now, but not back then. If I'd been in that class and we'd been asked to split up and pair up and do group projects, I would have found anybody but Tom. And if I were stuck with Tom, I would have demanded to be by myself. But Mindy said, Javen, this nine-year-old preacher's kid, he walked over and he sought out Tom. It wasn't that Tom was the only kid left and Javen was stuck with him. He went and sought him out. And it wasn't that he didn't know the challenges that would pose. He knew as well as anybody in the class. But he knew. He knew. Because he'd grown up hearing stories about Jesus. And he'd taken them to heart. Not just as something to be believed, but something to be lived. But the best thing he could do in that moment was to walk up to Tom and say, Hey Tom, want to be my partner? And that happened in like October of last year. And Mindy said she never saw Tom smile the whole school year like he smiled that day. Because he experienced from a nine-year-old kid the love of God not holding his sins against him. Now he wouldn't have been able to articulate that. He wouldn't have been able to make that connection. But that's what caused the smile. Javen didn't count his sins against him. And it was one of the best days in Mindy's class all year. And it didn't change the fact that Tom had a hard time and he made life hard on the rest of the kids. You know, the next day was hard again. But for that moment, that moment, there was a glimpse of the kind of, the kind of peace, the kind of hope, the kind of joy, the kind of love that can, can be shared and experienced and lived when somebody chooses to carry out the ministry of reconciliation, not counting people's sins against them. And if, if nine-year-old Javen can do it in a classroom, we can all do it. We can all do it, from the youngest of us to the oldest. That's the ministry that, that we've been given, all of us. Not just, not just those of us that are preachers, not just those of us that are elders, not just those of us that, that serve in other capacities. It's the ministry that all of us have been called to. To show the love of God by not counting people's sins against them. And so my hope, my prayer for, for you is that you'll continue to live into that. To live into that calling, to embrace that calling, to be ministers of reconciliation. I I had a front row seat, or stage view, to watch it lived out for, for nearly four years. And it was a joy to see it lived out. And it's a joy today to see the fruit of ten more years of living out that ministry. You know, but there's never a time where we, where we decide, oh, we've, we've kind of got it done. We've done enough, right? 
You know, the calling of, of God is for us to, to press on, to keep finding new opportunities, new ways, new people to love. And so my hope is that, you know, if I get to come back and do this in another 10 years or something, that, that, that what I'll hear is stories of, of reconciliation. Stories of people who have encountered you and they've been loved and cared for. They've known that, that their sins aren't going to be counted against them. And that God's desire more than anything else is to welcome them into His family. To welcome them into His family. What a gift that would be. What a blessing you can be. What a blessing you've been. And I know, I know you will be. I know you will be. What a blessing. What a blessing. It's good to be together with you. It's good to be together. And I, as we wrap up our time in here pretty soon, I hope we'll have a chance to, to get to hang around and visit, share a meal together. Nothing more special than, than sharing a meal together and catching up. I, I want you to know that we, that we love you. And we're so grateful to be back. And we're so grateful for the stories of faithfulness that we hear. And we're so eager to hear more stories of faithfulness in the future. If some of you are here today and you, you haven't been a part of a church family, it's, it looks a little different than it did when we left, but I am confident of one thing. This church family will love you and they will care for you. They'd love to welcome you in. And if you haven't made a decision to, to commit to following Jesus, um, you know, they'll be willing to help you do that too. And if you need prayers, this is a church that will pray for you and care for you and walk alongside you through whatever it is that you face. And so if you've got something that you're going through, if you, if you have a need this morning, I know that they'd be happy to pray for you. Greg's going to come up here in just a minute. And while Steve leads us in a song, going to be available if anybody needs him. Uh, but, but I hope and pray that if, if you're searching for that, you'll find that in this church family. Um, we found it. And, and we're so thankful for it. Even as we're far away, we, we bear the fingerprints of this church. And we hope that if you're looking for that, you can find it here too. As we wrap up, may you be ministers of reconciliation. May you know that you're loved by God. And may you remember God's faithfulness even in the moments where it's hard. Because God is good. And God's faithful love lasts forever. God's faithful love lasts forever. Let's stand and sing together. Oh,